Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by the Anxiety Slayer Academy. We've been offering a free podcast for nine years to help anyone suffering with anxiety find relief. Now we're helping you go deeper by providing step-by-step support on how you can get the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Visit anxietyslayer.teachable.com to get our free Anxiety Slayer starter course. Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sivier. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together, we share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. In this week's podcast, we're answering this listener question about obsessive thoughts about health and symptoms. Hello, I just started to listen to your podcast. I've been dealing with anxiety for years on and off, but the last few months it's been really bad. I'm having panic attacks. I've been to many doctors thinking something is wrong with me. I have obsessive thoughts, especially about my health and symptoms I sometimes have. And I'm dealing with disassociation and derealization almost daily. Can you please let me know of any tips or ideas that you may have? Thank you for your podcast and for reading my message. I'm truly grateful. Welcome back, Ananga. It's so good to be with you again. Hi, Shen. And to answer this listener question that is uh, has has many twists and turns that all lead back to how we can sweetly and gently care for ourselves when we're suffering. My heart really goes out to this listener. This is particularly difficult anxiety. It's so hard to deal with when our thoughts are so stirred up and we're feeling disassociation, ungrounded. I'd like to begin by offering some insights as to why and how this happens according to Ayurveda. Very often we get messages from people saying, how can I help myself if I don't know what's going on, if I don't know what's happening to me? And when I read through this question, for me it all comes back to one root cause, which can be supported and can be helped. And it takes some support and a little time, but this can all be greatly improved. Ayurveda teaches that one of the different types that we often talk about on the podcast, these types of vata, pitta, kapha, one is more prone to anxiety, and that's the vata type. And when vata gets stirred up in our mind, one of the symptoms of that that's very readily shown is that we get very fearful about our health and about our mortality. If you look at the different types in Ayurveda, kapha, pitta, and vata. Vata is the type that worries most about health, and they're more prone to worry about fear of death, accidents, something happening to their loved ones. So I'm sharing this to offer some hope that there is a type that is more prone to that kind of thinking. It doesn't mean that there's something terribly at fault within you. And there is something or many things that we can do to help calm that vata energy in the mind so that you can start feeling more grounded more safe, and more connected again. Also, the feelings of disassociation and derealization, this is also vata. Vata tends to be 
separatist. It separates us from awareness in our body. Vata is very ethereal. It's the energy of, of the wind, the energy of air and ether, and our thoughts become very stirred up. And these are the kinds of feelings that we have, this ungroundedness, swirling, racing thoughts, and big fear, very strong fear and anxiety. But there is hope, and there is great power in self-healing and receiving support for healing and taking proactive measures to calm Vata. Then you can feel more safe, more grounded. Your thoughts will slow down. You can feel more in your body and more able to take care of your body. And we have many recommendations when you're feeling, what is it called? Vata deranged, right? I mean, yeah, (laughs) Vata disturbed or Vata deranged. Um, And and I can chuckle about that because um, frankly, I have, I've been there more than I care to admit. And there are a number of practices and resources and things that you can do to ground yourself because really that's what you want to do when Vata's a, a bit out of whack. And this includes things like breathing practices and walking and Qigong, essential oils, EFT tapping. There's just a whole list that we're going to go through for you so that you can pick out uh, the different areas that we share or try them all because there is certainly something for everyone. And in my case, I've found that a combination of these practices is really helpful. Let's start with uh, breathing practices. Well, Ayurveda teaches that the rates of our thought are directly connected to the rate of our breath. So when we're talking about vata, vata tends to be stirred up along with our breath where our fast, hyperactive breathing, hyperventilation, that feeds back into the vata and settles that. So when we can harness the power of our breath, slow our breath with certain breathing practices that can help us feel more safe, more grounded, and they directly affect the rate of thoughts, the flow of thoughts in our minds. There are a couple of practices which really help with this. One we've recorded on our Breathe album that's available on CD Baby, and we also have this track on our Patreon page. If you want to go over to Patreon and grab that, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer. This breathing practice is called the bumblebee breath, and it's a very peace-inducing practice. It's a humming practice. Focus on this humming sound in your breath coming into the body and leaving the body and calming anxiety. And then you also hear a lot about pranayama breathing. Tell us about that. Another breathing practice is called alternate nostril breathing, where you you practice a pattern of breathing through different nostrils, one after the other, and it helps calm the ray of our thoughts and it really helps oxygenate the blood. And for me, if I'm feeling anxiety about my health, I like to do things that help my health. So most of the practices we're talking about this week, they've got that double-edged approach where they're good for your health, good for your mind, good for helping you feel safe in your body and good for calming anxiety. So these are really great breathing practices to try. And we'll put links on the website for these two practices so you can look them up and find out how to do them. I've found great relief with alternate nostril breathing, even when I'm not feeling anxious, but um, if I have a headache or if I'm just feeling a little bit out of sorts, it's really balancing and grounding. It's incredibly powerful. So I recommend that our listeners check it out for sure. Walking is something else that will help you feel much more grounded. One of the things that happens when we get anxious is we sometimes freeze, right? Mm -hmm. And staying in that 
space not moving or immobile or or curling up, you know, yes, sometimes we need to curl up and, and get under the covers. But other times it's best to get moving, to get grounded. This will help you come down from that fight, flight, or freeze feeling and will move adrenaline out of the body. So the whole purpose is to just get that moving. And it's amazing how quickly things will change. If you find yourself challenged to to get moving, even the shortest walk makes a difference. Even a couple of city blocks makes a difference to just start moving your body. Yeah, really important. I think it's particularly important to to emphasize what you just said, Shan, about moving adrenaline. Because when we have these anxious thoughts and feelings, we immediately start producing stress hormones in our blood. And they're just left there racing around. So really good to walk them off, stretch, whatever movement you can. If When I used to um, suffer with anxiety, high anxiety, I used to like to just march out the door, just get up out of my chair and, and move. It would be very easy for me to find myself just gripping the arms of my chair, yeah. <laughs> feeling really frozen and really scared. And it, when I learned to just, no, get up and move, move your body, march out the steps and walk really briskly, feel your feet connecting with the earth hear your feet connecting with the earth. And it can help as well really bring your senses into that experience by counting your steps. Maybe count four steps while you breathe in and then hold your breath for a couple of steps and then take seven steps while you really sigh your breath out. Then you bring in that long exhale practice into your walking and it really helps. Please make sure you move. Sitting and freezing with anxiety, it just goes into this awful spiral where it feeds into itself and and over and over again, and it becomes real suffering. So moving is very important. And another way to move is practicing Qigong. And this is something that's fairly new to me. I've been practicing now for, I guess it's just been about three months. And Ananga, I know you've been practicing longer than that on and off. Let's talk about how Qigong can help and, and recommendations that we have around this incredible movement. I love Qigong because it works in a similar way or the same way. It works in the same way as EFT tapping. When we practice EFT tapping, we're tapping on key meridian points with the intention of addressing the unruly thoughts and anxiety and fears and limiting beliefs we we hold within ourselves. And Qigong works in exactly the same way. Qigong encourages stretching out and tapping along the meridian channels of the body. So it's extremely good for releasing adrenaline, relaxation general health, and for calming anxiety. So I recommend getting a DVD and just committing to a session a day, 10, 15 minutes. Just try it. Yeah, try it for sure. I uh, get regular shiatsu sessions, as as you know, Ananga, and the um, practitioner also teaches Qigong. And at the end of each shiatsu session, she teaches me another movement. And it was probably, I don't know, five or six sessions in that I realized, aha, uh-huh. <laughs> how tricky you are. You're teaching me this entire Qigong exercise, one movement at a time that now I can do on my own and very easily remember because the way it was taught. And it's probably only five minutes right now. And I'm sure it will get longer than that. But even the five minutes, makes a difference for me. It's just been a gift to add to all of the other tools and resources and and things that I do 
when I'm feeling out of balance or at the time I was feeling a lot of tingling sensations in the left side of my body. And I know a lot of our listeners have, have commented about tingling in their hands and feet or, you know, the things that, that come up. And this was something that was easily addressed through Qigong and has helped greatly to just balance the energies on both sides of my body. And there are lots of uh, great teachers. There's Spring Forest Qigong with Chun Yi Lin. Um, he's an amazing teacher and he teaches a very healing form, very simple to learn. He's, he's such a sweet character, so you can look him up. And another teacher that I really enjoy is Daisy Lee. She has DVDs available on Amazon and they've also been rendered over to apps in the Apple Store so you can get them on an iPhone or iPad. I've, I've got one on my iPad and I like to follow that. She does a series called Radiant Lotus Qigong for Women which I particularly enjoy. She has a sequence that's about 10 minutes long for, for women's health. It feels really good. It's very, very energizing, and it helps break up stagnation in the channels of the body. So for me, it has everything. Mm-hmm. It's calming, it's energizing, it clears the channels, and you just feel so nice afterwards. So it's a proactive way of looking after your health mm. as well. And she also has one for stress relief. She's a really nice teacher, very warm, very gentle, very easy to follow. So that, that's a, a definite thumbs up from me. <laughs> now that we've talked about breathing exercises and walking and Qigong, let's dive into essential oils and wrap up with EFT tapping. Essential oils are so powerful for calming anxiety and calming the mind and taken so lightly in the West. Sometimes we just don't think they seem enough of a remedy, significant enough. What's that going to do? We're looking for something that looks more, more significant. But lavender oil applied to your heart and the pulse points on your wrists and sniffed regularly is so powerful for calming anxiety. I'm fortunate enough to uh, receive guidance from one of the top herbalists in the UK, Sebastian Pohl, co-founder of Pucker Herbs. He's a master herbalist. He's written many books and he will always say, Go to lavender for anxiety. He's a real expert, so we can take it from him that it's a good thing to do. And he taught me that lavender helps build trust. When we're feeling anxiety about our health and our future and our mortality, you could call it a lack of a trust, a, a fear of trust in our body or our circumstances or the future. Lavender helps you feel safe and secure in the present moment, and it has a direct effect on calming the mind. Ayurveda teaches that whatever we take in through our nose has a direct effect on our mind. So when we're practicing these breathing practices, we're drawing pran, essential energy, in to nourish our mind. And then on from there, it nourishes our nervous system. And when we inhale essential oils, they also enter the body through the nose and they enter through the soft palate at the back of the mouth. They're absorbed into the brain, into the mind, and from there onto the nervous system. They have a very powerful effect. So to use them regularly, Diffuse lavender, put it over your heart, put it on your pulse points, or drop a drop of oil. I know you did this, Shan. Drop a drop of oil in the palm of your hand, rub your hands together, and then inhale it. Mm -hmm. And it's not to be underestimated. If you do it over time, you will feel the results. I've been using essential oils now pretty regularly for a couple of years. And lavender, of course, is the biggest container that I own. (laughs) 
and I have uh, several others. It seems the collection grows kind of like the Bach flower remedies collection grows if you, if you don't have the whole collection already. And it's just incredibly sweet to give yourself this practice. And it's so easy to do and to keep a little vial of, of lavender with you. I, I carry it in my purse, the, the smaller container that I have. You can really bring essential oils into a number areas of your house and on your body and in diffusing it. And right now I have a, a humidifier going because it's really dry here in northern Michigan. And I'd put a little bit of peppermint there because I knew we would be doing our podcast and, and having a, a good long conversation beforehand. And that really kind of peps me up. And uh, peppermint's also really good for headaches. Having a, a few sniffs of peppermint will sometimes take a headache away fairly quickly. And the list goes on and on. We actually had a, an interview with Leonie Dawson, a friend of ours. Gosh, it's probably been a couple of years ago now, but the entire podcast is about essential oils. So if you get a chance, you'll, you can search for that on our website and find a, a really fun conversation about essential oils. And then moving on, how can we not talk about? EFT tapping. Tapping can help you calm anxious thoughts, fixating on fear, and really help you move past that fear that something is wrong with you and lead you out to feeling calm and settled in your body. Ananga walked me through a tapping session, I think it was last week, because I was having some anxious thoughts coming up. And we were able to get to the root of what was going on, identify that, use that in our setup statements. And it really, really brought me so much relief. So Ananga, thank you again for that session. My pleasure. Thank you for offering sessions now too. I'd love to see you step out and offering your private sessions because these EFT sessions are, are fantastic. And sometimes as a newbie, it's better to, uh, to get the support of a qualified practitioner, which Ananga is, for the best results. So if you are, have been thinking about EFT, check out her coaching offering. And if you know a little bit more and you feel like you want to dive deeper, that's a great way to begin. But if you're brand new to EFT, go to anxietyslayer.com forward slash EFT and check out the page, check out the tapping points. We have everything laid out for you and we want to support you with EFT. And I know Ananga, you have something to say about EFT tapping because you are the master. <laughs> I think it's, such an incredible tool and I've been thinking recently quite a bit about when I first started working with EFT with the public which was at health shows around the UK um, when EFT was first known here and my interest in it was because I wanted to find a technique that could help people find relief from trauma without having to relive the trauma and that was the press for EFT tapping at the time it was called the tearless trauma technique so I took it out to different health shows and I would work sometimes with 20 or 30 people a day just demonstrating on our stand for about 10 minute, 15 minute sessions. And I was amazed at how much people were helped by tapping in that short period of time. And for some reason, that's coming up a lot in my mind at the moment. I can remember some of the faces and some of the individuals I met. And for me, that was the real convincer of seeing it work again and again. And occasionally we get a message from somebody that says, 
you know, I've tried tapping and it's not working for me. It's not doing anything for me. And I would really encourage you to, to continue, look deeper and, and get some help if you feel inclined. Because very often with anxiety, we have issues around our anxiety of safety. The, the mind gets itself in a, in a lockdown situation where we think, well, if I get over my anxiety, then I'm going to have to do this. And I really don't want to do this. We, we have to work with our personal ecology to make sure that we're really clear and really happy and comfortable to let the anxiety go. And that's where working with somebody else really comes in. I've never yet met somebody that wasn't helped by tapping. Mm. It might have taken a little bit of further exploration. Most people get excellent results from, you know, you can learn it from our course. Most people get excellent results, even just tapping along with the diagram, learning it from a course, they get really great results. Occasionally, there are some sticking points. Maybe there's some trauma involved, some ecology issues involved. We're working with somebody that really knows EFT inside out and help you clear those out of the way. And I've seen that happen so many times, but I've never yet met somebody that it didn't help. In, in the, the limited amount of time that I've been working with others, helping them through EFT sessions, what I found is if it doesn't feel like it's hitting the mark, it's generally because, because you haven't identified the root of the, of the situation and you haven't identified maybe some of the setup statements. And once we revisited, and I'm thinking of one case in particular, where we just revisited some of the language around what this young woman wanted to tap through, everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. We had, we'd hit the mark, if so to say. Uh, so keep at it and, and really keep practicing. Please keep practicing because it's so, so very helpful. You know, the main challenge with such high anxiety is not whether you can get over it. You can. Uh, we have and you can too. The, the challenge is whether you take action. The anxious mind is by nature complacent and confused. It goes round and round in circles of suffering. But if you can break through that and get support to follow some recommendations and techniques, you can get through this and feel relief. And here are three ways that, that we can help you. You can get our free Anxiety Slayer starter course at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. You can enroll in the brand new Anxiety Slayer first responder series for anxiety attacks. That's also at the same website. And you can schedule a private coaching session with Ananga. Those are three ways that we would love to support you. And I must say, I just thank you so much for continuing to listen to Anxiety Slayer and for all of your kind words and wishes. We've been receiving so many emails and kind posts, and we just are, are grateful that you're feeling supported. We love doing what we do and showing up for you. Ananga, thank you so much for your partnership and for another good episode of Anxiety Slayer. My pleasure. And I'd really like to encourage this listener, please consider the suggestions in this podcast and just allow yourself to try them and, and just keep going. Persistence is key. Just keep going with some qigong, some breathing, walking, tapping, essential oils. And if you need more guidance on Ayurveda and nutritional advice, lifestyle advice, different ways to help get this high water under control, then we're here to help you. Please feel welcome to messages. Thanks for listening. Come back next week for an episode about addressing the anger and frustration caused by anxiety. 
Introducing the Anxiety Slayer First Responder Series for Anxiety Attacks. Get step-by-step teachings, tools, and techniques to help you overcome anxiety attacks and reclaim your life. Learn more at anxietyslayer.com.